vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching, proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for music teachers. You're listening to the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and today we're talking about burnout. beautiful, wonderful and amazing teachers. Welcome to the show. Today is about burnout and it's actually a broadcast I originally did live on YouTube a few weeks ago. So you may have heard it over there but it'll be a refresher if so and I know a lot of you only listen to the podcast because that's your thing more than YouTube so I wanted to share it with you here because it's a really important topic. I'm going to go through where I see burnout coming from as well as basic foundational steps that you can take that you can put in place to help avoid ever reaching the brink of burnout. I hope you enjoy it. Today's topic is a very, very important one for music teachers, and that is burnout. Let me know if you have experienced burnout or come close to it yourself. I know many of us struggled with this, especially during the pandemic, but it's a problem that has faced teachers forever. because we tend to put our all into our teaching, sometimes to our detriment. So today I want to talk through some of the foundational things you can do to help your studio be more sustainable, to help you avoid ever getting to the brink of burnout. First of all, let's think about the two sides to what's involved in burnout. One side of what can cause burnout is when your output is too high for your input. What I mean by this is that your the amount of energy you're putting into your body, both by fueling it effectively, exercising, doing creative pursuits, getting to follow your own passions, lying on the couch watching Netflix if that's what you want to do, sleeping enough, all of those inputs, if they are not enough to support the output of your work, that's basically what can lead to burnout. And then the other side of that is if your output isn't enriching enough to you. So if your teaching is not satisfying to you in some way, that can cause burnout. Even if you're not teaching too much or overdoing things or, you know, not nurturing your body enough, even if all of that is fine. If you are disillusioned with your teaching, if you feel like your students aren't getting anywhere, they aren't enjoying their lessons, you're bored of the material you're teaching, that can also lead to burnout. So let's think about some of the ways that we can prevent it and ever getting to that burnout stage. First of all, let's make sure that you have time off every year scheduled on your calendar. This is basic. This is not revolutionary. But are you doing it? Because I meet a lot of teachers who say, oh yeah, I really should take more holidays but they're not putting in place things to make sure that they do that. I'm quite um, a little bit proud of the fact that when we do our annual music teaching industry survey, which we put together a report from, when I'm analysing that data, you know which country takes the most weeks off? Ireland, where I live. And yeah, I don't, sometimes I think, I look at it and think, whoa, we really do take a lot of time off. And I don't think that's, Typical across all industries in Ireland, but I do think there's a difference between how we treat time off over here in Europe, maybe, versus how it's seen across the pond in North America. Time off is necessary. It's going to make you better at your work. You can't just work yourself until you're raw. 
you have to have time to disconnect from your business. And that doesn't mean just time off from teaching. That means real time off. So if you don't have a teaching calendar laid out, this is your top priority today. I want you to get one written out. You can write it out on paper just for yourself. You can put together a simple one in like Google Sheets or something. I showed you how to do that last week on the show. Put that together, put in your weeks off. You can follow the school calendar or go with the weeks that you know are a priority for you or just pick some. (laughs) Even if you're like, oh, I don't know when I want to take off, pick some time off. You have to pick it in advance because the thing is, we're always, most of the time, we're at that point of, yeah, I guess I'm a bit tired, but I could keep going. And when you're in that state and you haven't planned for the time off, you feel like, well, if I kind of could keep going, then I should keep going because my money is tied to how many hours I work. You know, I work for myself. The more I teach, essentially, the more money I make. If you don't put it in advance, it's not going to happen. And if you want to go a step further, I'd recommend you decide on some times out of that time off that are going to be actual time off from your business entirely. So you'll have weeks off from teaching set up in your calendar. Now, which one of those, which parts of those are you going to take an actual break? Because some of that time off from teaching is going to be admin time. That's what you're going to do, right? So don't let all of it become that. It's important that some of your time off is actual break time when you do not work at all. You do not open your emails. You do not get texts from parents. Everything is off because until you feel that complete disconnect from work for, I'd say, at least a week or more, you won't experience the headspace and you won't even notice that you're lacking this headspace to have that renewed enthusiasm for teaching, to have that distance from what you're doing in your business, that you can actually look at it from the outside when you come back, feel invigorated to do it again, and just overall stave off burnout. Okay, number two is break rules. And this isn't break the rules, it's rules about your breaks. (laughs) So break rules, what are your rules for breaks? We've already thought about time off as in, in your calendar, big chunks of time off, a week at a time where you are not teaching or working. Well, what about inside of each day? Do you take enough breaks in your teaching? I always recommend that you set a minimum break rule, just like you would have if you were an employee for someone else. So for us in our studio, if you want to base it off this, It is a minimum of a 15 minute break every two and a half hours or four students, whichever comes first. So a minimum of 15 minutes break every two and a half hours or four students, whichever comes first. Now that might not be enough for you. You might need to have a break every hour and a half. That's fine. No one is judging you. You get to set the rules for your studio. If you feel you can go three hours or three and a half and really still feel like you are teaching that last student as well as you taught the first student, then more power to you. That's great. But I find for me, and I think for the average person, you will not be as effective at teaching at the end of a long teaching day. 
And then the question becomes, is that fair to the, that student? Are they going to pay less for their lessons? No, obviously not. Should they get a worse experience just because they're at the end of the day? They're often at the end of the day because they were more flexible with scheduling. So that doesn't seem right. So I know it's challenging and I know particularly if you have kids or something like that and you're having to pay for a childminder during that time, it can be hard to balance those two things. But you do need at least a short break somewhere in your day because otherwise you are just running on empty at the end of that long teaching day. Okay, next up, you need to be paid fairly. And I've used the word fairly on purpose because you need to feel that you are being paid fairly for the effort you put in. And that's nebulous. And that's really how money is. We often think about money as being like mathematical. It's not actually. Prices are largely emotional things. What we pay for something isn't based on some exact science we're doing in our head. And it's the same with what we make from things. What we need to feel is that we are making not just enough money to survive, but enough money that it, we feel valued by our parents in our studio, by our customers. So do you feel that right now? Are you making enough money from your teaching that you feel you're being paid fairly for the effort you put in? And if you're not, why? Is it because you end up spending too much on expenses? Is it because some parents don't pay you on time and that's making you feel like you're not paid fairly? Is it because you haven't raised your rates in about 10 years? <laughs> or is it because you tried to undercut the market when you started and now you need to raise your rates? What's going on? Because if you don't feel like you're being paid fairly for your time, you're not going to feel good about the job that you're doing. And that is going to come through into your teaching. And over time, that little resentment about your pay, not against your students, but just about the pay you're receiving, is going to lead to potential burnout. Which brings me to the stress-saving policies. Are your policies in your studio minimizing the amount of stress you get from your business? This means that you are being paid on time. So if parents are not paying you and you're ending up chasing them for payments and that is extremely stressful for you and you feel really awkward even doing it, well, have you set up automatic invoice reminders? Do you have policies in place for those parents that pay late to penalize them in some way if that's what you need to do to make them pay you on time? Or can you encourage parents to set up an auto pay or a standing order to you so they don't have to remember if it's just that they're forgetting? Are you being paid evenly? If you find it stressful that your income goes up and down, as I know many teachers do, and you just find that hard to budget with, well then, could you switch to a set monthly fee that is the same every month? so that you at least have some idea of what you're going to make every month rather than just flying by the seat of your trousers and seeing what happens. What about makeups? We've talked about it in depth. Everyone knows how I feel about makeup lessons, I think, if you've watched me before. But to give you a quick recap, no makeups. That's how I feel about it. No rescheduling lessons. If that is causing you headaches and leading to burnout, because it will, because if you are rescheduling that lesson before you normally start on a teaching day or squeezing them in during your break. You're not giving yourself enough time to recharge. And that is going to lead you down a very bad path. 
And when it comes to your policies, they will only be stress-saving if you stick to them. And I know that's the hard part for many teachers. But my best advice on that is never give even an inch. Or almost never give even an inch. Because that's what leads to the issue. So many teachers will post in Facebook groups and community forums and things like that saying, this family, I've done this for them, I've done that for them, I've done that for them. And now they expect this? Well, in the nicest possible way, you've taught them to expect this because you did that and that and that. You need to not do any of that and then they won't expect the last thing. They won't push it too far because they will stumble at the first hurdle. They're not going to push it any further than that because you won't let them. If we teach our parents in our studio that they can break the policies, well, those are our real policies. Whatever we're doing is what they learn from, much more than what we have written down. So we need to stick to it because your policies are for you. They're not for the parents. Let's take a deep breath and think about what we want to do outside of our studios. If you're like, what? There's things to do outside my business? Then this one is for you. What outside interests do you have? Do you have any hobbies? Musical but not work? Or totally unrelated to music? Do you, I don't know, do gymnastics? Or like me, do dancing? Or have some kind of artistic outlet? Do you love to read? Do you love to sit on a garden chair with your eyes closed in the sunshine? What are your hobbies? Let me know what they are, because having those outside interests is what will enrich your teaching and your business. This is all to do with recharging. If we don't have any other identity to us, it's easier to burn out on what we're doing, because when something goes wrong in our teaching or in our business, that's our everything. And this is coming from an admitted potential workaholic. My instinct is just, well, I'll just work more. No, you need to drag yourself outside your studio and do something else because you will actually be better in your studio if you spend time doing interesting things outside your studio. And then lastly, we have sustainable professional development. You will all know that I believe in doing one thing at a time. Just do one thing, right? J-dot. And that's because if we go all guns blazing for something, like when we first join a new site or find a new resource, and we just do everything, we actually get less out of that. And especially in the long term, we get way less out of it because we end up burning out on the professional development side. We're pouring everything we have in that moment because it feels good to do that with a new course or a new book or whatever it is we found. And yet, we don't get the long-term benefit we would get if we took it one step at a time and really worked on each thing. Yeah, it might not be as exciting. Okay, I get that. But it will get you further. And it will keep you having those little jolts of excitement and newness. Not the big, new, shiny thing, but the little jolts of excitement all the way through your teaching journey. Because guess what? You're playing a bigger game than that. It's not about that one course that's going to revolutionize everything in one week. <laughs> it's about keeping going, keeping your interest in teaching refreshed and renewed day after day, week after week, month after month, and year after year, decade after decade, I hope, 
so that you can really enjoy this lifelong learning process that is being a teacher. So those are my tips for burnout. Let me know yours in the comments. I'd love to hear them from you. A big part of burnout that I didn't mention there is connecting with other teachers that will help pull you out of those dark times, those times when you're starting to question everything. Have a chat with another teacher and you can start that right here in the comments and it will help you to avoid that impending doom that is burnout. One of the awesome benefits for Vibrant Music Teaching members is that they get an exclusive member magazine every month. This magazine brings together our blog articles in a way that is digestible and super actionable. If you want to become a member and get the magazine as well as all the other benefits, you can go to vmt.ninja to sign up.